0: Anytime I hire a new employee, I should be thinking about what their next career progression is and how to get them there. It's going to be somebody who wants to stay with us long term. If you're not thinking about that,
1: you're missing the boat because they're probably going to come in and do the job. They're going to grow out of it and you haven't done your work as a leader to think about the path forward and then you've just wasted a bunch of money and time. Real quick note, my family and I just got back from an incredible cruise with UnCruise. Now we'd experienced what cruising was like on a big ship with thousands of people, and frankly, it just wasn't for us. But this one was completely different. It was a small boat of less than 100. We had an amazing time where we saw whales and other wildlife, inspiring nature, hiking, kayaking, and bushwhacking, which is hiking without the trails, and we received incredibly personalized service, guides who get you off the beaten path, and gorgeous sunsets. Everything was so easy, and. no lines. They provided incredible meals, including sustainable seafood, not to mention a list of impressive cocktails. My wife, daughter, and I loved it. When we returned, I asked Uncruise to become a show sponsor, and I was excited when they agreed. Right now, they're offering special deals on cruises in Baja, Mexico, and Alaska that includes the incredible luxury, service, and adventure that we experience. To learn more, go to benleeds.com slash cruise. Hey there, Lady Team Nation. Welcome back to another great episode. Today, I have for you Umang Modi, who is the Managing Principal and Chief Strategy Officer over at TIAG, also known as the Informatics Applications Group, Inc. And they provide transformative technology solutions for the public sector and across the Department of Defense. Umang began his career at TIAG as a Senior Systems Engineer and lead solutions architect analyst, and over 15 years has worked his way up to the C-suite. Umang provides insights on technology trends, innovation, leadership, and digital modernization across the public and private sectors as a contributing writer also to Newsweek. Yes, that Newsweek. Umang, welcome to Lead the Team, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. I was having a good chuckle because I had to record that intro three or
0: four times before we got going. Thank you for your patience. Sure, it makes me feel uh, a little bit better about not, you know not having to worry too much about. My oh,
1: yeah. own work. we are far from perfect, and happy to uh, share that side of our ourselves on the show here.
0: All right, so let's dive in. What's the time you felt most supported by your company? Sure. So, and that's actually with TIAG. It was in my early days. I think I'd been. I had been there two months at the time. I suffered a really random fluke brain injury. I ended up in the ICU for about 10 days. I was in like the trauma center for all of DC. I had to be helicoptered there. Oh, and I was out of, out of work for about three and a half months recovering from that injury, from that ordeal. Yeah. And I was a little bit, you know, worried at the time. I was I was younger in my career. I was brand new at this new company that I just, you know, obviously had just joined. And you know, what's going to happen with my pay? Am I going to have vacation time till the end of the year? Are they even going to keep me? Is it, the job isn't being done? The, the work I was I was supposed to be, support, you know, on site supporting a, a DoD customer. I'm not there able to do that. You know, what's going to happen essentially was my worry. I had a one-year-old, a one-year-old at home. Literally, this happened a day before his first birthday. And honestly, I I couldn't have been more pleasantly surprised the way that they took care of me Mm -hmm. during that time. They didn't work, told me not to worry about essentially anything, just get better. Don't worry about, you know, work Mm -hmm. or, or leave or pay or any of those things. They paid me through throughout the entire time I was out. Didn't have to use disability, didn't have to use anything like mm. that. And that did help shape sort of my outlook on how to deal with employees and how to, how to really build a culture of, and make people feel like they're appreciated. And, and yeah, I'll always remember that. And I, and I try now, even as, as you said, as, and now that I'm in c C-suite, to make sure that every one of our employees has that same feeling of security. And when you don't have to worry about things like that, you can put more into your, into your work and into your, what you're doing for your clients and things like that.
1: Wow. What a story. And yeah, I mean, 15 years later, here you are at the helm of the organization. And 15 years ago, well, I guess it was probably about 15 years ago when this happened.
0: Yeah, 17, more, something
1: around there. Yeah. More, yeah. And I mean, who knew at the time that you were going to be in the C-suite, right? Because you, right, you had right. just started <laughs> and <laughs> they didn't know that they were supporting future executive right. of the company. You were right, you absolutely. were low on the on the chain there oh I was. the ladder yeah yeah man what a powerful story and so has that just fostered a loyalty in that moment and, and also was it loyalty to the company or was it loyalty to a few specific leaders that that were involved in that at
0: the well, time well so at the time it was we were a really small company so we were only about 25, 30 employees. So I would say to both, but the company through the eyes of the original owners, co-founders of the company that I knew were the ones making the decisions and, and making sure that I was taken care of. So I'd say to both, but I saw it as a lens through to them.
1: Yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation with, you know, now, because 15 years later, different generation kind of coming into the workforce and are they, are they loyal to people or are they loyal to the company? and how how do those intertwine just just curious how are you thinking yeah, about that now from yeah. an executive level
0: I so I, I think we try to foster that as our overall culture across the board so mm-hmm. from our hr department from our management our, our you know our, our senior leaders our our even our more middle manager we try to foster that same sense of connection and culture t- with with our employees throughout the organization. Mm-hmm. And so I would say now it's more to the organization itself because that, but that's the, that's what we try to drive throughout the organization. And, 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 and if it, even if it is to specific people, uh, you know, direct managers or, the, you know, people feel connected to those, those direct managers when well, we think those managers feel the same connection, you know, up the chain. And so we try to, to really have that culture bleed throughout the organization. So thinking about
1: culture, I know one of the things that we were talking about before was the entrepreneurial spirit and how you're lo- how that's a big piece of what you're looking to instill in an organization. But yep. when you think of Department of Defense, you think of government entities, I don't think about, and Mississippi, I don't, don't associate that with the entrepreneurial spirit. And you're supporting those groups. So how is all this coming together and why is it so important for a
0: company that's in that world to to foster it for sure you know things are, are slow moving and and they're resistant to change in a lot of cases but at the same time when they bring us to support them mm-hmm. that's what they're looking for us to try to instill within their within the government as well to bring it in from the outside and to to really create those to help them with those state changing mm-hmm. initiatives to help the, our specific customers advance their careers. I always tell, tell our folks that our customers' success is, our are, are successes are, are your successes specifically. And so being able to bring that into an environment where they're not necessarily used to it can make a, a big difference. Hmm.
1: So you're like, yeah, Ben, the government's not entrepreneurial necessarily, but they're looking for that spark from outside entities. Yeah, absolutely. To bring that. So, what are you doing in your world, like inside the company, to
0: instill that? I've worked at large, like the the massive companies before, that you know, where you're just a number, you're not a a name or a face, or you're not recognized, or Mm -hmm. and or where recognition and credit and even opportunities kind of are dependent on are, are going to very very few people. So, we try to make sure that anybody from you know the lowest guy on the totem pole within the company has the same opportunities for advancement for to to present their ideas to even be compensated moving forward based on what they're doing now not based on a resume or based on the fact that they've been there for 30 years or that they've you know have a phd even necessarily sometimes it's not that that's not the person that is coming up with the ideas or performing or doing mm-hmm. the 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 best and I think I look at myself even again back as when when I started with the company I was a fairly mid level person on a contract supporting a customer and they gave me so many opportunities to develop my own career and get to where I am now and and my I have a again a, a business partner as well our our COO and president Neil Lampton and between the two of us started the same week in basically the same level positions and we've both grown wow. to the, th- throughout the organization. And so if people mm-hmm. can see that and realize that, you know, that's, that's a path for them as well. I mean, that's, we're going to recognize the people who are contributing in the most positive way, who are working the hardest. Again, it's not about your resume or what you've done in the past or even where you are in within the the hierarchy of the mm-hmm. company. I mean, it's, you're going to get those opportunities and recognition when you when you perform and so yes that helps
1: pretty cool to be able to have a town hall meeting how many employees do y'all have right now for y'all?
0: Uh, about 325
1: yeah 325 so you get everybody on a, on a on a on a on a you know on a town hall call and you can say hey look i did your job or like hey i yeah. was there too and i stuck with it and i rose up the company has grown and it creates more opportunity
0: yeah. yeah, definitely. And so we do and we do actually do that. We have it's been another aspect of culture. So ever since I was was there, started there in 2005, we do a sort of holiday weekend at the, in December every year. We bring all of our employees, whether they're local or we're about 50-50, 50% in the DC area, 50% um, across the country. We bring everyone and their spouse, significant other to the DC area for the weekend. And Friday night, we do the, the employee town hall kind of meet state mm-hmm. of the union, essentially. It's still a fun evening. Like, we do recognition awards, things like that. And then Saturday we have a blowout party for the whole company. And so, and that's, it's a, that's another example of like what, again, we're trying to foster the culture, but it is, it's an, our, our opportunity to have everybody together in one room mm-hmm. at least once a year, mm-hmm. you know, get to know the rest yeah. of the company, get to know people on other contracts, but also gives us our opportunity to share and, and there's always something around, involved around, you know, where both Neil and myself came from and what we've done, how we've grown through the organization and, and sort of, I, I get every year, I get a couple of people afterwards who come up to me and are like, oh, that's awesome. I'm doing this job here. I'm looking forward to my, my own, you know, career, growing my own career path. So yeah, it, may, it makes a big
1: difference, difference. No doubt. All right. So. Uh, before we kind of get off this, this part of the interview, I got to ask you because you work for Homeland Security, you work for the DOD. What's what's one, maybe one of the more memorable experiences that you can share? Because I know there's probably some that are like, Yeah, yeah, I can't share well, that one. I mean- right?
0: I'll give. I'll answer that in a couple of different ways. The first is just some of the the projects and and efforts that we've been able to support over the years that have truly made a difference that are mm. that are quite memorable. We've been involved in the rollout of the the new um, electronic health record for DoD. People don't realize this, but DoD mm. is actually the the biggest healthcare provider in the world. Um, You you don't think about that. But when you Hmm. think about the number of active duty soldiers, family members, dependents, Hmm. they serve the the military health system serves more patients than any other organization in the world. So being able to roll out that electronic health record and finally bring like for years and years and years, it's been or decades and that, you know, you go soldiers, see somebody at a hospital in Asia and then they come back to the States and. They their medical records aren't transferred, or they don't have, uh, they're not able to pull them up, and so we've been able I to like it. really implement and and help really get them to that single electronic health record is cool, is, is a really yeah really because cool
1: soldiers travel around all the time, and they have yep. different health needs, and yeah, you want to be, you want that information available
0: around right, the wherever they go, right? And then another another project similar is is we do a lot with mental health and psychological health and and the DoD. And so we we spent several years developing apps and to help with uh, treatment of not necessarily treatment, but for the 99 of the time when the when the patient is not with their um, mental health pr- provider, to provide mm-hmm. them tools to maintain resiliency around um, PTSD and TBI. So those oh, were you know again very, making a big impact for for a lot of people that need that need the help. I'll say on the negative side, I can remember year end, end of year like. You know, every agency has their has their funds. If they don't use them, they're going to lose them. Plus, their yep. budget's going to be cut the yep, next that's year. That's a well known. Watching, yep. right? Just watching two days before the end of the fiscal year, them ordering dozens of big screen TVs and this and that and the other that are just getting getting rolled into on pallets that and they'll never even see it to the light of day. But they got to spend that money, so uh, you know, it's it's just it happens
1: in the government ridiculous. and it happens in the private sector all the time. Yeah. So, (laughs) Yeah, there's got to be a better way to budget. And that's not what this interview is about. But yeah, zero-based budgeting would be awesome (laughs) if we could figure out how to implement that around the world. Are you looking to increase sales, grow your brand, and share your leadership message? Then check out our business podcast program. Each week, more people listen to podcasts that have Netflix accounts, and one-third of the U.S. population listens to podcasts regularly. So your customers and team are already listening to podcasts. It should be yours. Discover our five-step profitable podcast framework and what results you can expect for your company by setting up a 20-minute call with my team at benleads.com slash schedule. That's benleads.com slash schedule. Let's just a second, diving into your background a, a, a little bit more here,
0: among what, what was your first yeah. job and how did it influence your leadership today? So this is, I, I think I mentioned this a little bit, but I was, I was working at, I won't mention the company, but I was working at one of these massive, you know, defense contractors, 100,000 employees well, it was very uh, low level, you know, right out of college entry level position, but where I, I was just a number. I was an employee number. That's all that really mattered, right? And so you get lost in the shuffle. Nobody's really trying to advance, help you advance your career. Nobody really cares if you are even there long-term, you're just filling, a, you're filling a, a line item, you're, 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 uh, you're a button a seat billing on yeah. the government and generating revenue and that's it. And so I think that taking away from that is that, again, that sense of making each person's contributions felt, making sure that whether, and now at this point it's not me, but whoever their direct manager is. Our, our co-founder, when I when I joined JIG, told me that anytime I hire a new employee under, under me, whether on contract or not, I should be thinking about where, what their next career progression is. And mm-hmm. how to get them there, and that's again and it, it kind of goes back into the whole cultural thing and 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 you know if you're being concerned with your the the growth and what where they want to go next and helping them get there that's going to make that's mm-hmm. going to breed loyalty back again that's going to breed somebody who wants to stay with us long term and so those are some of the things that you know are really highlighted between working at TIG versus working for Again, a major, huge, hundred thousand person company that just doesn't care. Yeah. Where you just you don't have an identity at the, at those companies.
1: A couple of things on that. Sometimes you got to have the job you don't want to know the job you do. Yeah, <laughs> figure that out. Absolutely, definitely. And, and, and secondly, I love that question. Okay, you know what's your job is uh, in terms of hiring an employee? Well, I love saying and talking to your direct reports. Say yes, you're going to hire people in, and you need to hire them for the job. But you've got to hire them also for the next job, and if you're not thinking about that, you're missing the boat because they're probably going to come in, and do the job, they're going to grow out of it, and you haven't and, done your work as a leader to think about the path forward. And then you've just wasted a bunch of money and time because you, know you they'll quit on that. Yeah, and then the,
0: right, and then they're on their way out the door, you know, and you know, and you've lost, yeah, you've lost the investment you put into that employee, you've lost the, the sort of institutional art. Or, or, you know, the knowledge or, you know, technical or institutional that that person has developed. And, you know, it's always, it always costs a, a ton of money to replace someone. I mean, there's just all yeah. these things that it, like it spirals. So
1: you've got to think about their next step. Yep, absolutely. Boom. Love that. All right. So what's let's, let's see here. When's without including names, when's, or what's your most colorful story of when someone quit or was fired?
0: <laughs> sure. So I've got a couple. One, again, is one is one is f- funnier. One is, you know, a little bit on the darker side, but it turned out okay in the end. But uh, I'll talk the funny the funny one first, which is, this was about 15 years ago. Again, I was on, I was now at this point, a project manager leading a team on a, on a customer site and an employee came in and it was the second day of his employment with us. And he was in his cubicle, and mine was kind of on the other side of his with the wall in between. And I could hear what sounded like somebody cutting their nails. And I walked around the cubicle to find him with his feet on his desk while, as he was cutting his toenails on, the, on, the, on, the, on his desk at the customer site. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is your last day. <laughs> you don't have this the is a- not... Not be cutting your toenails at at at, you know on your client site (laughs) when you're when you're billing for your time. Yeah, that that uh, was not in your
1: job description. Correct, and that you should do that.
0: So yeah, he he was uh, right. He left the the building and the company later that day.
1: Man, um, I'm hoping someone's cutting their fingernails.
0: Right, no. right, at least fingernails. At least can... I didn't even I didn't even occur to me that it would be toenails. Yeah, I, was <laughs> like, oh. though, I was like, I should probably tell him not to do that. But when I, when mm-hmm. I came around and he's, no socks on, he's cutting his t- I was like, all right, <laughs> no, no,
1: this is yeah. not going to work. Duly noted. They're um, yep. probably not going to put that on their LinkedIn profile.
0: Right, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Toenails. <laughs> The other one, the other story is, is a little bit, like I said a little bit darker, but we had an employee in, internally and uh, he had been talking on a Friday about like, you know, sort of being a little bit depressed. Didn't don't want to say he was suggesting it, but maybe some like hints at potentially being maybe suicidal, just really being down in, in, in the, in the, in the dumps. Hmm. And then, and maybe it wasn't a Friday. I don't remember what day of the week it was, but the next day, literally the next day he doesn't show up for work. And he's not responding to phone calls. He's not responding to emails. He's not responding to texts. then we sent somebody over to his house because we became so. Somebody then said, "Hey, I I didn't I didn't mention this yesterday, but he was really talking in in really negative terms yesterday about being upset and depressed and." It really spooked, us. and so we had we sent somebody over to his house. Yeah. We did a welfare check. He just turned out he just decided to not, he just decided to quit and not respond to anybody's to any of our messages. Or any of that. that was what he just decided to, yeah. to not show up for work ever again. and He was fine and he was at home, but like that sounds like office, space. All like, yeah, right? <laughs> Boy, <the guys.
1: laughs> He's like, I'm out,
0: yeah. It just was but like, I'm right, you. exactly, yeah. I mean, he, he, just not and I'm going to respond to anything yeah but probably out fishing like yeah like in office space <laughs> like how long will again, the paycheck continue to come
1: <laughs> if i just don't like if you if you say you're going to quit okay your paycheck ends friday right, right. But maybe i get a few more
0: weeks if i just don't show up right but again <laughs> coming right off the heels of talking about being in a bad place mentally it really spooked a lot of us that did okay, did did something happen? Did he, you know, are we gonna go over there and find him? You know.
1: Yeah. Well, good. I mean right. you guys cared enough to to
0: check. I mean, I mean that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you cared about I mean, your own. It employees really was and, the next morning, right? Yeah. The next morning we were honestly when we heard from the employee that he had been talking to that he had been in that state. That was all that we were thinking about. We weren't even thinking about, I mean, that was our like, is he okay? Is our, you know, <laughs> and then, again to find out he was just that, he just quit that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. right. I mean, so. I'm just
1: yeah, I'm I'm just sick of it. I'm not gonna come anymore. Right. Great. Okay. Right. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Two, two, two crazy stories there. So when when's the time you had unexpected twist or failure in your career?
0: And how does it lead to your success or growth on down the road? Sure. So I'd say about t- about 10 years ago, I was still supporting customers and 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 I led I was leading a large team at a DOD site. And I had spent about a year and a half, I was, I was getting ready to come out of that role and to, to move into a more corporate role and overseeing multiple projects. That customer was very attached to me specifically, which is great. But again, it makes it hard to extract yourself from, from that environment. I spent about a year and a half mentoring and pr- bringing somebody up to speed to sort of take on that role for me. Even got him to the point where she was that, that customer was was actually preferring going to him versus me. It, it was great in my mind, great. I had set myself up to to come out that project full time, and then really unexpectedly, he decided to leave, <laughs> and um, oh. I got pulled 100% back in. But I would also say, so it was more of a more than that. It was an emotional gut punch for me. I felt very close to the employee and very invested in him. I think that was one of the cases. And, and I think what I learned specifically was as much as I can try to get him, and I tried to be, I tried to listen to where he wanted to go and to get him to where he wanted to be career wise, professionally, but I wasn't necessarily listening to some of the things that he didn't love. And actually in specifics, it was, it was the customer was a little too demanding for him. And I wasn't hearing those in a, in a, in a and maybe I, I wasn't just tuned into the fact that he was struggling with that. But I guess I learned a few things from that. One was that you can do all the right things culturally, kind of bringing people, making people feel important, making people feel like they have a career ahead of them. Um, but you, you, you can't be surprised by, you know, any one individual person and, or become too attached. And, you know, you have to have. You, you have to, you can't put all your eggs in one basket in that sense. But the other thing I learned was that you also have to be aware of not just what are we doing for him? Are we doing right by him? But is he actually happy? Is he able to maintain this pace and this, you know, the things that, that were asked that he's the position that he's been put in. And so that made me, it brought in my view of, again, what does it mean to make sure that an employee is is ha- is on the right path and, you know. And things of that nature
1: yeah it really ties into that that earlier question that you dropped on us about when you're interviewing someone what's the next step for them and if the next step isn't a good fit for them and in this case it might have been their next step was they're going to be the only person handling all the demands of this one customer and it's not going to be the right fit
0: yeah well in this case so that's what he was hired for in fact was. And that was part of what he was trying for me to get out faster, but I wasn't Uh. recognizing that he's already in that. And we did, we had plans for him after that as well. That's, I think why that even makes it hurt. hurt. Right. That, but I was missing the one aspect, which was in his current role where he was that he had been hired into, he wasn't happy because of all these other things. So even though I'm planning his next five or 10 years of the company (laughs) and it's kind of, he is Already thinking, how can I get out of where I? How can I get out of this specific yeah. sp- situation that I'm in? And it's actually funny because we've remained very close since he left us, mm-hmm. and we still get together a couple times a year for steaks. And I still give him a hard time about anytime. There's you anything. made our lives <laughs> hell. What <laughs> you, it know, is not just our lives, but like I personally. And so uh, I also <laughs> it's my life. I can't <laughs> <I'm> stuck in <laughs> so, that.
1: One thing that, that comes up just, for me in listening is and I when when I was an employee, I really struggled with this too, was really communicating what I want clearly to my manager who might have been planning, okay, Fanning's gonna do this, then he's gonna do this, and he's gonna be this. And I really put it on him to read my mind. Even though right, I probably didn't right. admit to that, yeah. I was saying, Hey, I want you to figure it out for me. That's your job. And once I got to the point where, you know, seven companies later, I was like, okay, I'm seeing like the same thing at every job that I have, the same problem, the same bad customers, the same bad bosses that don't listen to me. And then a common element, of course, that I discovered was me. And I had to get clear on what I wanted. Right. And once I was able to really articulate that effectively, I, th- I think the leaders were, were really able to work with me a lot more on it. But anyway, that's, that's a gap that I've seen. And I'm curious from your standpoint, since you're always thinking about the next step for people you're interviewing, what responsibility and onus do you put on the employees to have that and work through that for themselves?
0: Um, I think that they definitely need to have that as well, but I think it's a two-way street and it's it's communicating and making them feel comfortable with like letting us know, okay, well, what is it that you want to do next? What is it that you're happy with right now? And making sure that you're tuned into that aspect as well. And so it's not just, yeah, again, making, thinking about it on your own. Oh, well, and even if you're articulating, hey, this is where I see, it. I want you to go here and here and here, and you're going to advance in your career. Well, maybe that's not what they want, right? So it, it's, it's, I think, again, making sure that you have the dialogue, ongoing dialogue with that person, and they're comfortable telling you what they really, you know, what they really want essentially so there is some responsibility put on the employee as well so among it's been a fun one today sir what's your parting thought for our listeners hmm. take anywhere you want sure so i mean i think i'll just stick with this this concept of you know uh, of essentially creating that culture creating an environment that that where, where people really feel important and empowered also, I think it's it's super important to make sure you're sharing credit and you know and being humble even as a leader, recognizing you're not going to get anywhere without the people the contributions of the people that work for you and making sure that they feel rewarded for things. And, you know, that's that's really been the best. One of the I, I feel like is my best attributes as a leader is is that 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 fact that I'm really willing to. Make sure, share the credit. Make sure everybody feels that feels the love. But also, I, I feel like I'm sort of perpetually optimistic, and I also am very good at, at sort of remaining calm. And I mm-hmm. think that those are important as well for especially in turbulent times. You know, is if you can see what you know, if you can come out of even a difficult situation or a, a lot losing a piece of business or something like that with a with a, a positive spin on it and without displaying panic or anything like that, it really, it goes a long way towards maintaining sort of stability within the organization and, 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 you know, keeping everybody feeling okay. And I think it's also good to, to, to explain uh, this. I I think we, we kind of took almost touched on this a few minutes ago, which is being able to explain. And I think the new generation of employees is a lot less likely to respond to do this because I told you to then do this because yeah. hey this is why this is a good idea and this is why we're going to go take this approach and here's why it makes the most sense i think that that really makes again makes people feel empowered i had a i had a i had a a manager in my past who was mm-hmm. very much a just do this because i said so and if i even asked why it was because i told you to and or because yes. i said so and that's just that type of leadership is is really the antithesis of sort of what we we try to uh, build at TIG and how I I try to you know deal with our employees and 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 I've seen a lot more success just as I've evolved and and, and adapted more of those great those, great, those such
1: great insight there and it's it can feel good to say because I told you so and then they do it and things go successfully well and you're like look it worked. And then you do that more and more and more, but then your team doesn't really develop. They, they're not happy. They're not engaged. And, you know, one day you're not going to be there to tell them you're going to be on vacation. You're (laughs) going to be off somewhere. And they're going to be like, well, what do I do? And you're like, why don't you just think through it? And you're like, well, yeah, I've never had to think through it for myself. So why
0: now just start? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll just one last thing on that is it's also important to let them sometimes empower them to make miss even if you can see a mistake happening, just let them let them experience it themselves sometimes, because that they're going to remember, and they're going to remember it, And you know, you don't always have to rescue them from their. you know, it's it's okay to empower them. And maybe they maybe they make a, a, a little bit of a mistake, but they learn from it. So. Sounds a little bit or a lot like parenthood, too.
1: Yeah, no, no question. <laughs> No question. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, my friend. Absolutely. It was a pleasure being here. Would you or your CEO be a good fit for this podcast? If you know a uniquely talented leader who has a story to share and a message to deliver, then we'd love to host them on the show. Go to binleads.com slash apply to fill out a quick form where you can let us know a little bit about yourself and my team will take a look to see if we're a good fit.